enemy can have his way. God has not given you a spirit of fear. Let me tell you, God has not given you a spirit of fear. You get God's perspective and you'll kick that spirit of fear right out of the door. You'll say, you raunchy stink thing, get out of here. You don't have any place in me. And you will rise up as that man or woman of God and you'll begin to walk on water. You can begin to calm the wind and the waves by just the words out of your mouth. Jesus said, if you saw me do it, you can do it. And even greater things are you going to do. we got to understand who we are in Christ. We need God's perspective. So one of the power prayers is pray to get God's perspective. I say, let's pray right now. Father, God, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to open their eyes. As Elisha asked you to open the eyes of his servants, Lord, I ask you to open the eyes of these, your ministers here today. Lord God, that they would see that they're not stuck on the problem, but they're delivered by your promises, Lord God. They're not stuck on who is against us, but they're excited about who is for us and who is inside us and who's flowing through us. Lord, that we're not going down, but we're going up. That we're not giving in and we're not giving up but we're just starting to get going over, over to the winning side. On God, if you be for us, Lord, we know the devil can't stand against us. Open their eyes, I pray, in this place today, that they would go into this week, Lord God, walking in faith and not in fear. Walking with your anointing flowing in and through them like never before. Yes, God, open their eyes to get your perspective in Jesus' name. Amen. Now you pray that prayer this week. And then we'll pray the second prayer as well, as well. And it may seem a little comical, but it needs to be prayed. And that is that we would pray that we would be a person of prayer. That we would pray that we'd be a person of prayer. Oh, that we would understand the importance of prayer. That we'd understand the power of prayer. That we would understand that the devil is afraid of us praying. He'll try to distract you. He'll try to silence you. He'll try to get you involved in anything and everything, even if it's a good thing, to keep you from praying because he knows God hears our prayers and he knows God answers our prayers. I would say that you learn the push prayer. The push prayer. You pray until something happens. You know that God is a God that hears our prayers and answers our prayers. And if it's not being answered, then there may be some uh, warrior in the heavens, some demonic stronghold that is trying to hinder that prayer. But you're going to say, well, like Daniel, I'm not going to back down. I'm, I'm going to pray until the breakthrough comes. I'm not going to doubt my God. If I'm going to doubt anybody, I'm going to doubt the devil. I'm going to doubt the devil. He can't overtake my God. I'm going to doubt the devil. He can't outlast my God. I'm going to doubt the devil. I'm not going to doubt my God. Oh, there's been a little delay. I'm not going to doubt my God. I'm going to fight. I'm going to push in prayer and I'm going to pray until something happens. Hallelujah. And then we need to pray for uh, God to develop our potential. Every one of us, you've got potential in you that's greater than what you're seeing. You say, well, I'm, I'm 90 years old. There's still potential. Let me tell you why. You look at some of what Moses did in his 80s and 90 years old and 100 years old. You look at what Joshua did. You look at what Caleb did. Come on now. Let's not excuse ourselves for age. Well, you say, I'm too young. Well, look at what David did as a little kid. Come on now. We cannot excuse ourselves. There's potential in you. There's this Japanese fish, the koi fish, and they say that if you keep him in a little tank, uh, that he won't, he'll grow four to six inches, even though in his uh, genetic nature, he can be up to 42 inches. But his environment limits him, and he won't outgrow his environment, and he goes to four to six inches, and if you put him in a bigger aquarium, he'll go to eight to ten inches. 
take that same fish and put him in a backyard pond. Any, you know, anybody ever had one of those Saturday projects? You're going to put a pond in the backyard and get you some koi fish, and you thought you'd do it on a Saturday, and a month later, you're still working on that thing? Okay, anybody know? You've made your 75th trip to Lowe's and Home Depot, and you're trying to get it all figured out and working, and you're like, man, what have I got myself into? I want me some koi fish. So they'll, out there in that little uh, pond, they'll go to 18 to 20 inches. But if you can put them in Lake Embassy like we have back here, or a big lake, and it says they can reach their full potential to 42 inches. And the point is this, the koi fish has the potential to be 42 inches long, but it never reaches its potential when it's limited by its environment. You need to be in a church like Christian Embassy who takes the lid off and tells you you were created for more than the tank uh, that sits on a dresser drawer uh, uh, at your, in your bedroom. That you were created for more than aquarium that maybe sits in the living room. That you were created for more than a little plastic pond in your backyard. You were created to live in the lake of God, the river of God, and grow and be all that God has created you to be. I'm here to stretch your faith. I'm here to pull on you. I said in the first service, anybody ever have a stretch arm strong? Anybody in here ever have a stretch arm strong? You know, pull him. Yeah, I put, put his feet in my, under my foot and I pulled his arm. I pulled his arm off. And somebody told me after the first service, they did the same thing. Then they pulled the other arm off. But he would just stretch and stretch. Well, I want you to picture that stretch arm strong. I'm here today and I want to stretch you. I want to stretch you not just for Sunday morning. No, this is to prepare you for this week that God has got great things for you and I'm stretching your faith and I want you to trust God and I want you to believe God and I want you to lean on God and I want you to declare the word of God and I want you to walk in the will of God like you've never done before. I want you to start stepping high as you go into this week and say, devil, you thought you were going to shut me up, devil. You thought you were going to sit me down, devil. You thought you was going to cause fear to cause me to run. I'm not running from you. I'm running against you because I know greater is he who is in me and I'm not afraid of you. Jesus has already conquered you. He conquered death, hell and the grave and now he's given me the keys of the authority over all the power of the enemy and he by no means shall harm me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Romans 8 and 11 says it this way that if the same spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Get it? The same Holy Ghost that went into that tomb and on the third day brought forth a dead Jesus and made him alive. A dead body, three days, resurrected to life. He said, if that same spirit dwells in you, why are you whining? And why are you crying? And why are you giving up? And why are you running? The same one, the same Holy Ghost dwells in you. He said he will quicken. He will give Zoe life to your mortal body. Hallelujah. It's time that we rise up in the power of the Spirit of God and we blaze the trail of advancing his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. You've got enormous potential. But the challenge is you've got to take the lid off. You've got to take the lid off. Everybody say, God, release my potential. Let that be your prayer and say it to God. God, release my potential. Hallelujah. Moving you from faith to faith. Moving you from victory to victory. We need to learn to pray the prayer of Jabez. Jabez prayed this prayer. Power prayer. Prayer of developing your potential. And God says, I love that prayer. 
And I don't know that he asked for a copyright because it was between him and God. But he, I don't know what the deal he worked out with Jabez, but he said, I'm going to record this. I'm going to put this in my word. There will be martyrs who will die because there will be dictators who try to erase the word of God and try to keep this prayer from the people of God. They will die martyrs because the enemy is trying to burn the word and destroy the word. But God says, I'll preserve this word. And he gives it to us there in 1 Chronicles 4 and 10. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. See, that's the kind of prayer God likes. That's the kind of prayer God records in the Word. That's the kind of prayer God wants you to start praying. That's a power prayer. You're praying, God, develop my potential. God, enlarge my territory. God, stretch me. Stretch me. There's challenges that are coming, and the devil's trying to tell me they're here to suffocate and destroy me. But God said, no, this is your opportunity to stretch. This is your opportunity to say, wait a minute. God's going to turn all things to work together for good to those who love him or called according to his purpose. So I'm not backing down. I don't see the good, but God said there's good, and I'm going to run into the battle knowing the victory is mine. Hallelujah. So we got to get God's perspective. We got to be pray to be prayerful. And then we need to pray for God to develop our potential. And then number four, I love this one. Pray to be positive. Pray to be positive. Man, we need prayer to be positive. It's tough to stay positive. It's maybe in the few moments here uh, that we have together on Sunday and Wednesday, you know, we can, we can draw from each other strength and be positive. But we need to be positive on Monday at 3.30 when that thing that we didn't know about on Sunday at noon comes and shows its ugly face. We need to be positive on Wednesday when the deadline wasn't met and it looks like all is lost. We need to remain positive. See, when David saw Goliath, he had two choices. He could have said, wow, he's so big. I better run. I better hide. I better get back to my daddy's house. Or he could say, wow, he's so big. I can't miss that big corn-fed gnarly head on the fool that he is. I, I'm, I hear it come. And I like that he took the ladder. Be positive. Dare to stand out from the crowd. Let me tell you what, the crowd sometimes won't like you when you're positive. They'll say, ah, oh, shut up. It, ain't, it all ain't good. I know you ain't all good. Let me tell you what, it's all good if God is in control. If God is a good God and all perfect gifts come from the Father above and I stick with Him rather than my circumstances, good's coming out of it. If He's going to turn all things to good, work all things to good, together for good to those who love Him or call according to His purpose, good is in it. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm telling you, if Jack and Sue have a problem, and if Jack and Mary have a problem, and if Jack and Bill have a problem, and if Jack and Sam has a problem, Jack is the problem. Jack is the problem. See, I've learned this about human nature. That, that all the people, if you see all the negative people nav navigating to a person, that's a negative person. You can mark it down. That's a law. You attract what you are. I want to attract positive. I want to attract faith-filled people. I want to attract people that say, you know what? It looks like hell's going to win, but we know, we've read the end of the book, hell is not going to win. It looks like the threat of hell is going to bring us down, but the promise of heaven is going to bring us over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, I, I got a little birdie. I, I was eavesdropping through a birdie. I wasn't here, but praise and worship team. They, I hear they got uh, done uh, Thursday practicing. And, uh, and, and they, you know, they come around to pray. And you got to be careful when you do that because people start, you know, we're there to pray for problems, okay? So if you're not careful, the problems will drag you down. 
Oh my goodness, I've gotten into prayer circles before, and by the time everybody gave their prayer requests, I just wanted to just, I wanted to give up. I wanted to say, oh my goodness, this is horrible. This is terrible. And I have to shake myself and say, no, 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 God's greater than that, and God has already given victory over that, and God can heal that, and God can deliver there. And I have to encourage myself. They didn't mean to discourage me, but some of, I mean, when we all bring our stuff, and we all got some trouble, all of us got some challenges, and when we bring it all together at one time, it can be a little overwhelming. Well, well, I hear that our son, Townsend, he was there and he was like, no, guys, we got to be positive and we got to you know, believe God for a miracle. And, and somebody said, apple don't fall far from the tree. Because <laughs> that's what he gets at home and that's what he gets at school and that's what he's going to get here in the church. And you too, we need each other to be, encourage each other to keep us off of that slippery, slippery slope. Amen. So take the challenge to be positive. Don't get down. Come on now. Don't get down. Don't get discouraged. Don't let the devil steal your thunder. Man, I tell the devil, you can you make it the thunder that loud, I can make the lightning pop even a little louder. I can preach it. I can shout it. I can sing it. I can decree it. I can declare it. I can believe it. And the devil's like, whoa, I give, I give. I'm going, over, I'm going back over to Israel and fight there. Like, you, whatever. I'm praying for the peace of Israel too. So if you go over there, I'm there too. But don't get down. Don't get depressed. Don't get suicidal. Don't give up. Seasons come and go. Seasons come and go. I tell my wife all the time, Pastor Radika, this time of the year, she gets like, oh my goodness. Oh, the sun is down at five o'clock. It's dark. I like the sun. I like the sun. And I say, just, it's a season. It's passing. Nothing's wrong. Nothing's broken. It's just a season. And then she, the other day, she said, it's 537 and the sun's still up. I mean, she's counting it day by day. We got extra 30 seconds of sunlight. And I'm like, chill. Take a chill pill. It's a season. It's passing. It's passing. <laughs> Amen. So that's how it is that when challenges come, seasons come and go. Amen. So don't, don't fold up, give up. Just because it's a season, it's, it, it will pass. It will pass as well. And then the final P here is in our prayers, pray to expect God's provision. Pray to expect God's provision. God says, I, I am your God. I am El Shaddai. I am the God of more than enough. I am Jehovah Jireh. I am your God, your provider. He says, I will meet your needs according to my riches and glory. I want you to trust me. I want you to put your faith in me. I want you to hold on to me. Because you know what? God owns everything. Did you hear what I say? God owns everything. When I started here over 25 years ago, coming here, no people, no money, no support. I didn't have anything. I was broker than the Ten Commandments. It was, it was a bad situation. Come on now. And the most important thing I learned was that God owns it all. God owns it all. And that reminds me of a story I shared with the first service. Of a gentleman was in the airport. And uh, he was, had a little short layover, and he wasn't real hungry, but he wanted something. He goes over, gets a cup of coffee, and buys a bag of donuts. And he goes down, and all the places or tables are filled, and, and he finds one table that a gentleman's sitting on one end, uh, reading his paper, and he's like, well, I'll just sit on this end and read my paper. Sits there, puts down his carry-on bag, puts down his coat, and uh, takes the lid off his coffee, sips it, gets a donut, bites under that donut, reading the paper, enjoying his, his layover there. And then in a few minutes, he says, the gentleman at the other end of the table reached over and took one of his donuts, took a donut, and smiled at him. 
And he bit the donut and began, and he's like, the jerk. The nerve of him. Take him. I didn't even ask. He had asked, I'd have given him a donut. Didn't even ask. And smile at me. He said everything in him was rising up. He said, I want to say something. I want to say something. And he said, no, I, I'll just... So he took his bag of donuts and he slid them closer to him and he turned his shoulder against the guy and flipped this paper with some attitude, you know. And he starts reading his paper, sipped his coffee and his, eating his donut. Said so the guy got up, stood up and reached across the table and got another donut out of his bag, smiling at him as he ate it. He said everything in me wanted to fight, but I know with security in the airport, I'd be going down. And it wasn't worth it over a donut. But what a jerk was doing this. And then he said all of a sudden the gentleman looks at his watch and he's got to go and he jumps up and he runs to catch his plane. And then he's looking and made him look at his watch and he says, you know, i got about five minutes. And after about five minutes he gets up and he gets his coat and he gets his carry-on bag and there on the chair is his bag of donuts. He was eating the other guy's donuts when he thought the other guy was eating his donuts. Come on now. Here's my point. God owns all the donuts. God owns all the donuts. So why would we say, God, what do you mean you want one out of my ten donuts? I'll let that one sink in. We look at God like he's a stranger. You're trying to take one of my donuts, you jerk. And God's like, they're my donuts. I'm letting you have nine, and I just wanted one. He could take them all if he wanted to, but God's a good God, and he only asked for one. We should be willing to give Him all of our time and all of our talent and all of our treasures. Amen? And He's given us a way to declare that He owns it all in, in, and, and in a way that we could, we could enjoy the majority of it, but yet declaring His ownership of all of it through the tithe and the offerings. Wow! So we have to put Him first. So we've got to pray for God to help us expect his provisions, and you'll never have faith to do that. You'll never have confidence to do that if you are a thief and a robber. And it's what he calls us when we take the tithe and the offering. He says, you're a thief. You've robbed me in this. So, it, and Satan knows that. And Satan is the jerk that says, he's eating your donuts. He's eating your donuts. He's eating your donuts. Get an attitude. Get an attitude. Pull them closer. Pull them closer to yourself. And the whole time you're eating his donuts. And the devil wants you to be greedy and not tap into the supernatural, divine, financial economy of God. And now he, you, you think the devil would come alongside you and encourage you when you're going through a hard time needing provision. But no, he'll come and say, you're a thief. You're a thief. You're a robber. The Bible says, the Bible says that, that you have robbed God in this. You know, that means if you're a thief, you're a liar. You can't be trusted. The devil who told you to cold the donuts to yourself is now condemning you because you didn't give the one donut to God and telling you you don't have the right to ask and believe. You don't have the right to exercise faith. And then you lose your confidence. Wow. Don't go the devil's route. Let's go God's route. Amen? And let's make, make God first. 
We need to make Jesus first in everything. We need to make Jesus first in everything. Amen? Let me give you an acrostic as I wrap this up right quickly of how you can test yourself. Here's your test. To go, we're going to do a test right now, and then you take the, the, the results home with you and work on it. And then if you fix it, you know how the teacher says, if you didn't pass it, go home, work on it, bring it back, and I'll, re, I'll regrade it, okay, so that you can get 100. So here we are. If it's Jesus first in our life. Let's take the word first as an acrostic. F, is he first in your finances? Ask yourself, God, have I made you first in my finances? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, Jesus said. We've got to find out where's our treasure. Do you honor God with the tithe and the offering? Well, I've got bills. You've eaten, all, you've eaten his donuts. And now you want him to help you with your bills? When you wouldn't even acknowledge him, you were calling him a jerk because he wanted one of his own. He has given us an economy that we can tap into supernaturally so we can get the manifest of heaven flowing through earth. And let me tell you what, God cares about your finances. And he wants you blessed. He said he wants you so blessed that you have more than enough that it's an overflow to take care of an inheritance for your children and your children's children and still plenty more that you can help meet the needs of those that do not have the resources on their own. That's how, what God wants to do. Do you honor him with the tangible things that you can see and touch? Oh, it's easy to say, I honor you with the invisible. He wants to see what you're honoring him with the visible. Did you know 16 out of the 38 parables that Jesus taught dealt with money and stewardship? Sounds like that's an important subject to God. And when Satan is trying to put a spirit of mammon on our physical resources, God gave us a way to get that, that devourer rebuked. And that was with the tithe and the offering. God doesn't want us worshiping money because the love of money is the root of all evil. So he's given us this way to acknowledge all the donuts are his. And he just wants one. And in doing that, it keeps us from falling under that spirit of mammon, greed, and that love of money and trusting money. Is Jesus first in your finances? Second, is he first in your interest? What are the books that you read? What are the magazines that you look at? What preoccupies your time? What are the things that, that captures your interest? If you don't have interest in Him all week long, then let me tell you what, He's not first in your life. Thank God you're here on the first day of the week, on this Sabbath. You've gathered together and we're putting Him first. Hallelujah! I commend you for this, but don't forget, it's not just Sunday. He wants to be first on your Monday, your Thursday, and your Saturday as well. Third thing, is he first in your relationships? Don't just date anyone. Is your philosophy, I'll flirt and then convert? That's a bad philosophy if you're not married. Don't throw away godly standards in your relationships. The Bible tells us not to be yoked together with unbelievers. Is God first in your relationship? Is having him first a priority to you? Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he said, this is the first and great commandment. And the second one is to love your neighbor as yourself. And among these two commandments, the law and the prophets do hang. Let me tell you what, relationships are important to God. And he says, he wants to be first. First in your relationship. So here are five questions to ask to see if Jesus is first in your life. The next one is to ask, is he first on my schedule? 
Is he first on my schedule or is he last on my schedule or is he not on my schedule at all? And if I have an extra moment and I think about it, I'll, I'll, I'll work him in. What does your schedule look like? What does your day look like? Is there no prayer time schedule? Is there no time in the word schedule? Is there no feeding of your spirit schedule? Examine yourself honestly and ask, is he really first in my life? Did you know that you can read the Bible 15 minutes a day and in 365 days you can go through the whole Bible? With just 15 minutes a day. It doesn't take a huge amount of time, but it takes scheduling a small amount of time on a regular, consistent basis. It's been said that dirty or dusty Bibles lead to dirty lies. Wow. Is Jesus first in your schedule? I encourage you. Let me tell you, read the Word. Memorize the Word like these children are doing. Read the Word. Memorize the Word. The Word will wash you. The Word will cleanse you. The Word will sanctify you. The Word will strengthen you. The Word will empower you. The Word will lift you. The Word will bring you through what the enemy thought he would hold you back. You come out of it victoriously. When you have the Word, it strengthens us. Hallelujah. And you may not need the Word when you get it in that scheduled moment. But let me tell you what, that Wednesday at 2.30 when all hell is breaking loose. The Holy Spirit now has a word that has been deposited in you that He can bring back to your remembrance and you can take that sword of the word and you can fight your way through to victory. Hallelujah. The word works. And then finally, is He first in your trouble? Is He first in your trouble? What do you do when trouble comes? What do you do? Do you run to the bottle? Do you run to a pill? Do you run to something you can take and you, and you smoke? Come on now. Do you turn to screaming and, and, and tamper, you know, just having a temper tantrum? Do you get angry? Do you run to depression? Do you run to fear or worry? What do you run to when trouble comes up against you? The real sign that Jesus is first in your life is that you turn to Him in the midst of trouble. And none of us are exempt from trouble. Did you hear what I said? None of us are exempt from trouble. But when trouble comes, who do you run to? Psalms 121 verse 1 says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. I will lift up. Come on, we need to lift up. We need to see that our God is higher than the trouble we're in. He's above the circumstances that are trying to compress us and, 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 and depress us. We need to lift up our head. We need to lift up our eyes. We need to lift up our countenance unto the hills from whence my help comes. Where does it come from? My help comes from the Lord. And He's the one that made heaven and earth. So there's no trouble that can come from heaven or earth that He can't already take care of. Hallelujah. But I need to look to Him. I need to look to Him. So my first thought is not looking to the bank. My first thought is not looking to the doctor. My first thought is not looking to the counselor. My first thought is not this or that. My first thought is Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. That doesn't discount the value of a doctor. It doesn't discount the value of a pastor. It doesn't discount the value of a counselor. It doesn't discount the value of a banker. I'm here to tell you they should not be first. We should look to Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Five power prayers. All peas that I want you to pray over yourself this week. Pray to get God's perspective. Pray to be a greater, more devoted, more fervent 
The fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man avails much. Pray to become a more fervent, effectual prayer. Pray to develop that potential that is in you. Don't be that koi fish that's supposed to be 42 inches long and you remain four inches because you won't lift the lid. Pray to be positive. Pray to be positive. I want a big amen because let me tell you what, that's one that we're challenged at because we live in a negative world. But I'm here to tell you, you can get the power flowing when you bring the positive and it confronts the negative and then you can have the release. Hallelujah. And pray and expect God's provision. You say, wow, pastor, I haven't put Jesus first in my finances. I haven't put Jesus first. You know, what do I do? Do I have to wait till next Sunday? No, there's a, there's a giving box that's mounted on the wall right outside the door to the left there. You don't have to wait. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. But remember this, you're not buying anything from God. It has to be faith. God wants a cheerful giver. you got to say, I want to do this because I understand this is how I tap into the economy of God, putting God first in my finances. I'm not uh, uh, fighting over the donuts when they're not even mine. We're not even, they're all His. And instead of just giving me one and Him keeping nine, He's giving me nine and He just wants one. And knowing God, He probably doesn't even eat donuts. He just wants to keep the wine so that we don't have a religion and worship the donuts and what they can do for us. Does it make sense? Are you ready to pray? Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. One of the most awesome prayers that, in, that brings you entrance into all that God has for you is the prayer of salvation. And if you're here this morning and maybe you didn't understand, you've never prayed the prayer of salvation, or maybe you prayed years ago and got distracted and wandered off, or maybe you're here today and you just know that God has called me and God wants me to be a part of His plan, a part of His family, a part of all of this greatness that He has. But I need to become a child of God. He, he gives us, through prayer, entrance into His family and into eternity. Hallelujah. So we're going to close with a prayer of salvation. And if you have not ever prayed this or want to pray it again, we're going to pray for the Son of the living God that came and bridged the gap that sin caused between us and God, bridged it so we could be reconciled with God through His blood. Hallelujah. That His sinless blood would come to our sinful account and stamp it paid in full. God says, I love you so much, people. I love you so much, I've given my only begotten son that if you'll believe in him, you don't have to perish, but you can have everlasting life. And all of that's available right now through a power prayer that we're going to do together. But you need to pray it with sincerity. You need to pray it with faith. You need to pray it out of your heart and not only your head. So if you really want to secure your place with God, be born again. Have the Holy Spirit of God take you and birth you and baptize you into the body of Christ and your name to be written in the Lamb's book of life and the angels to begin to rejoice. It all happens when we pray like this. Would you join me? Father God, we come to you now with thanksgiving in our heart. Why are we thankful? Because we were lost and we were undone. And we're on our way to hell. But you don't want us to go there. 
You prepared heaven for us. And now you've made a way for our sins to be cleansed. Jesus, Son of the living God, come into my heart, come into my life, forgive me. I repent. I turn from my old mindset. And I turn to you. I place my faith in you. Your blood washes me white as snow. Your word gives me entrance into the kingdom. And your spirit gives me a new life. Come in. Have your way as I surrender. I declare, Jesus, you are my Lord. I surrender my life to you. And you're my Savior. I receive what you did for me. And I am now a child of God because of you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can somebody say, thank you, Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 If you prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe you've wandered off and you've come back, we have a discipleship class every week. We'd like for you to come to it during the first service where you, we can teach you in the fundamentals and teach you in how to get rooted and teach you how to grow up strong in the Lord and to be a, more than a conqueror. And then we have, a, we have a Discover Embassy class that can follow that where you can learn about the church and all that you can do and your gifts and talents and your potential can be reached in and through here. And then every Sunday morning and then every Wednesday night we've got Bible study here where we open the Word and we dissect the Word and we get the Word in us and the Word works. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what, we'll come alongside you if you'll come alongside us and together we can fulfill the will of God for our lives. Amen. Amen. Are you going to take these five power prayers and pray them this week? Are you going to pray them this week over your life? If so, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. May God bless you. May he anoint you. And may you go in his peace. Hallelujah.